Buckle Dreams podcast with Donna Cordova, asking the important questions of today's top cowboys and cowgirls about what it takes to be a winner, where their inspiration comes from, and what makes up their everyday life. So grab your gear, the shoots are loaded. The Buckle Dreams podcast starts now. Welcome to Buckle Dreams. Today we're interviewing 16-time NFR qualifier Martin Lucero. He's a great cowboy, and this is a wonderful interview. So sit back and relax, and we'll see you at the end. All right, so this is the question I've got for every cowboy and cowgirl that comes on. Do you prefer straw or felt hats? Actually, I probably prefer straw hats. Straw hats, okay. <laughs> That's just something I was noticing in a bunch of pictures recently is is even even in winter and stuff, there was definitely cowboys wearing straws and felt. So I thought it was funny. So okay, there there are many stereotypes about rodeo and people around rodeo. What is your biggest stereotype that you have a problem with? Oh, I don't know. I, I think that I think a stereotype is that we're bad guys. You know, a lot of times the open guys are looked at as. Or rodeo track, you know what I mean, stuff like that. Right, right, Cause, definitely. Because you know we've had that before, and and the, the fact of the matter is, there's really a lot of good guys that are involved in rodeo and and, and are really dedicated and are you know to their sport and to their event and athletic, and they take care of business. And, and I think we fall into a stereotype that you know that was from a different era, more. Uh, more professional than it's ever been. Uh, more, everybody's really dedicated to their one. You know what I mean? It's it's real precise. Real. There's just a lot of. It's so competitive anymore, and it's real specialized. You know, and, and there's so many guys that that, <clears throat> that rope really well anymore. That you gotta somehow try and find a head that works and helps you compete and, and keep winning. Kind of almost stay ahead of the. Ahead of the okay, well, that kind of that kind of segues into my next question because I was going to talk about failure and how you handle it. I know everyone's got to go through that. So, I mean, how would how would? Well, uh, that that to me is one of the biggest things that a young, especially a young person, has trouble with is learning. You know, not so much. I mean, we all hate to lose. Don't get me wrong. I hate to lose as much as anybody, but how to handle losing and how to take something from it and uh, be able to let it go and, and take something from it so you can avoid mistakes in the future, you know. So there's always something positive you take out of every scenario. And, and the fact of the matter is we learn more from mistakes than we do from from success. But being able to recognize the mistakes without beating yourself up, but yet being critical enough about them. So. so that's what you would tell a rookie starting out right now is just learn from your mistakes and, and move past them? Right, and and, 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 and and be prepared and be ask questions. And, you know, cause a lot of mistakes are made just because you're not prepared or you're not, you know, you're not, you don't know what to expect before you can get there. Because that's where, where I feel like I have an advantage. I've been doing this for a long time now. And I, I almost always know what it takes, what it's going to take that day. Or at least have a pretty good idea, so I can prepare myself that way for whatever scenario I'm going to face. That you know that sure. day, and that can be showing up with the right horse that I need to have for that situation, or you know anything like that, or maybe my homework on what cow are going to be there at that rodeo, or 
whatever. You know what I'm saying? So the as far as the cattle and stuff, you guys you guys pretty much have an idea before well, the pins of cattle. Well, a lot of a lot of times we know who has the rodeo. You know, what contractor has the rodeo, and generally what steers they've been roped. You know, not not always, but but a lot of times when you have a pretty good idea of of what they are, and you kind of make a you do your homework and you kind of prepare and, and know what, what they do and then that way you know when you get there. It's, it's more of a game plan per se than just showing up cold turkey like, like I did when I was sure. younger. You know? And as a business owner now, do you do you have a different outlook on that as far as, as how you prepare for, for rodeos? and, and Right. And to be honest with you, I, I've got away from that. I, I'm actually just rodeoing right now. And that's really what I like to do the most right now. And, and I tried it for a little bit. And it's hard to be competitive at the level that I want to be at, and because it suffers. I mean, one something's going to suffer, whether it's the business part or the roping part. Or, it's hard to do both. And for me, I mean, one of my goals is to win a championship. Which I've never done. I've come off the coast a couple times, and and you know, my windows closing, and I realize that. So right. I want to give myself the best opportunities that I can. But people dream about being where you've been, even to go into the NFR, and you've been there. A, a bunch so right you know and one thing is I still probably work as hard as anybody and I realize that I'm not as talented as long as these kids are now or as, as much as that but I do have experience and the work ethic and and, and I truly believe that I'm going to win and I don't show up hoping to win you know and I think that's a that's I think at any pro level whatever you know any athlete at a pro level we're all pretty much the same, but there's so much of a mental aspect that people don't realize that, I mean, I, I honestly believe that I'm going to win when I show up, you know, and if I don't, I'm disappointed, but I truly believe that I'm going to win, and a lot of people don't, I mean, I think they feel like they're good enough, but they're not really, they're, they're almost hoping to win more so than expecting to win, and I think having that mindset is, you know, it, it gives an advantage. And and it's and it comes from experience, you know. And, and I'm not saying the arrogance; like I'm not a cocky guy at all. But I truly, when I back in there, I yeah. But that's win. great. That's great that you're at that point in you know your life I mean? where where you know. I know if I do my job generally, more often than not, I'm going to do do well. So, and and when I don't do my job, well, then that's that's when I'm critical of myself, and then go home and, and try and fix what I right. Then so still at this level. You still go and practice, and you're still you're still doing what you have to do to win. Right, and and and, and a big part of it too is, man, you gotta practice with a purpose. You know what I mean? And because a lot of people rope every day, but they're just roping a rope, and they're not really getting much out sure. of it. You're just kind of just going through the motions, and and it's not really about running a lot of steers. Because I get more out of running fewer steers as long as it's quality practice so you know I get a lot more out of quality more so than quantity so you know and that's that's a big deal whether it's you know working on my horse that day or something that I'm not doing very good or each day I have kind of a plan of what I want to accomplish every time well, I go nice. to practice then. that's really nice you know a lot of people don't understand that the true cost that you guys have to pay for your lifestyle they just see you live in this dream and and they don't see what it, what it takes 
Well, I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, anymore, it's so expensive getting down the road. It's, it's crazy. So, you know, that's one of the reasons. I don't, I don't actually live in Texas till June. Uh, there's enough roadies in Texas now where team rope can be mandatory. That, and then I've been fortunate enough to have a good winter the last, you know, four or five years mm-hmm. where I wasn't chasing, you know. And uh, and also my partner and Kobe Love and I were on the same page. So we both have young families and we want to be home. It's, it's hard on a family anyway. And then to be gone all the time is even harder. So we try to, you know, stay home as much as possible, whether it's getting the California run in the spring or even, you know, Denver or whatever. But, but then when we do go, we're, we're all in. It's right. well, that's nice that balls to the wall you're on that the same point. page, definitely. And, and it's almost like a marriage, being in a team rope and partnership. So, well, I have to do my team right. rope. You spend <laughs> as much time with your partner as you do your wife. So you have to get along and you have to communicate and you have to, you know, go with those struggles of two personalities as well. As a kid, I can remember looking up to the rodeo stars and always being interested in what inspirational messages they had. So, has anyone influenced you, or do you look up to anyone in, in the past as your mentor? I don't. I don't necessarily have a mentor per se, but there are several guys <clears throat> that I've looked up to. You know, as as I progress with my with my rope, and I was, you know, obviously the Clay Cooper. He, he's probably the, the biggest sure. icon in humans there is. Uh, you know, and <clears throat> Al Bach, of course. Some of those Bob guys Harris, are still roping with you, right? So. Uh, P-Woman. Right. P-Woman, D-Pickett. And I learned a lot from and, and I was fortunate as a kid to get breaks where, where I was able to rope with veterans as a rookie. You know, so I learned a lot from different guys. You know, my first NFR rope with Brett Bolt, right, which was right. a veteran of NFR. I learned a lot from him. You know, my next partner is D Pickett, so I learned a lot from him. And I wrote with T Woman for a little bit. And then you know, then I wrote the Mark Simon. So the first four guys I had were had been there, done that, you know, so I learned a lot and then I asked a lot of questions and I think that's where a lot of kids don't you know, I learned how to enter, I learned how to get around, I learned how to you know, almost what it takes to win. But but I was willing to put in the work too, you know, and I was almost you know, I learned to how to take care of business mainly and, and not so much fall into the traps that some of the young guys do. And I think I was fortunate, I was fortunate that way. Yeah, I think a lot of people see you guys and, and, and think that you just woke up with this talent and they, they don't realize the sacrifices and the hard work. Oh, no, especially me. I mean, I, I, I know I'm talented, but there's a lot of people with a lot more natural ability than me, and I accept that, and that's fine. But not very many can beat me, you know what I mean? Just because I put in the work, and I know I kind of have a, an idea of what it takes, you know? From taking taking a better run on cattle at rodeos to, you know, learning how to, to knowing how to enter and how to get around and, and giving yourself the best chance, you know, increasing your odds to win. And there's a lot to that part of it as well that doesn't even have anything to do with roping, but knowing how to take the, how to enter, that's that's huge. You know, not having to go first all the time is huge. See, I never would have thought sitting in the sidelines that that would be a big part of it. Oh, that's that's a big part of it, and I'm probably, you know, I've been doing it for long enough. You know, I'm I'm really good at that part of it because I learned how to do it young, and you know, it's a big difference if you get to see your steer go as opposed to being the first one to run the steer. You know what I mean? So I I try to give myself the best advantage that I can by entering 
for a chance to watch my stereo. Well, you know, and I don't always enter to go dead last, but sure enough, the, what they call a rerun, where where you see the stereo once and you know and come back, and then you get to run them the second time. Was there any any kind of um, saying or, or motivational thing that you go through your in your mind that helps you every day? I mean, I know some people wake up with motivational sayings. I didn't know if that was something that you did. Just, I mean, just my own stuff. You know, just I don't, I don't ever, you know, I don't read any quotes or anything like that. But you know, just my own, just the stuff that works for me personally. You know, whether like what I try to do is like if I know what the next week coming up what you know where i'm going to compete whether it's jackpots or rodeos or whatever and that's what i tried to prepare myself for for that scenario you know what i'm saying so then when i get there i'm pretty well practiced for that condition and, that, and that's kind of what i do every week you know if it's you know next week i'm going to a couple of just kind of longer average jackpots i'll go practice being consistent more so than fast. And if I know I'm going to a faster rodeo, then I'll practice that. And that, that's kind of, that's kind of what I do, you know, and just, and my big deal is I try to keep it as simple as possible. And, and I think that's part of the reason that I've maintained a calm about myself is I don't try and worry about anybody else. I worry about myself. I worry about the steer, you know, cause I can, you can only do so much on what you draw. And a lot of, a lot of people get, they fall into the trap of trying to beat somebody and I think anytime you do that you just add more pressure and more your mind starts racing and now you're trying to win too hard and instead of broken each steer for what he is because there's only so much you can do on each steer and at the end of the day you make the best run possible on what you got and more often than not it's good enough and you may not win first first is hard to win if you look if you look through the course of a season, there's not very many guys that win first more than 10 times. So obviously it's really hard to win first, but it's not hard to win third through fifth. And if you win third through fifth every time, well then we'll check that up. And at the end you're on the top, you know, you got a chance. And that's kind of my, and that's kind of my logic. You know, I'm not, obviously I like to win first as much as anybody, but I'm not consumed with it. I'm more about consistency and, and, you know, making sure my horse, you know, when you're catching a lot, you're making a lot of good runs, we can maintain confidence, maintain your horses a lot better, and and your money as well. You know, when you're, when you know, because if you win first and then you, you think, you know, you never see another poor day, well, then all of a sudden you went through that money, now you have a slump, you know, and, and it's sure. expensive as it is, I'd much rather be consistent and, you know, keeping my money together and just placing along and, and steady and, and uh, and I think most guys would attest to that as well. Okay. Well, with that great piece of wisdom, we're going to take a break for just a second and hear from our sponsors. The Buckle Dreams podcast is brought to you by Champions Choice Buckles. So I'd like to learn how you feel about what the next step is for the sport of rodeo and in growing that sport. Well, you know, rodeo is evolving, I think. I mean, there's, you know, you have... There's a lot of new stuff coming that, that people aren't really aware of yet. Um, and, and I'm not even aware of a whole lot of it yet, but with, I don't know if you're familiar with American that happened the other day. Okay. You know, and, and I really don't think that particular type of rodeo is the answer because it's just a, you know, it's cop loaded. It's good right, for one guy. And, and I don't think, but it's a, it's a really exciting 
it puts a lot of a lot of uh, eyes on the sport of rodeo, and and it changes the potential of what it could be, and it it it, it portrays us more as athletes instead of just rodeo. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I do. And, and and with the TV and and social media and everything else, I think I think rodeo has a, a it's at the point where the future is actually probably brighter and it's been in a while. A bunch of new sponsors are wanting to come on board. Oh, that's uh, definitely nice. Uh, I think that, you know, I love the PRCA, but it, it's almost time for for it to evolve to, to a more specialized, you know, where you have a tour with just similar to the PBR with just top guys and, and then where the fans can follow it better and you can have more TV and, you know, bring it more, you know, more to the mainstream. And, and I think, I think it headed in that direction. That'd be nice. Yeah, it would be. So as a, as a person, Martin, that goes to all these big events, or a lot of them, and thanks to some of your sponsors, you probably have an opportunity to see new products before many of us do. So can you tell us any new products that you're using or even some tried and true products that you continue to use? Well, with my, my rope sponsor, you know, I'm pretty much, I stick with the same, you know, the the Powerline Powerline light rope that I use by Classic is by far, in my opinion, the best hill rope. And that's by who? By Classic. By Classic, okay. You know, and then and also the heat point products are amazing, you know, because just just the other day, you know, I, I talked to the guy that builds the pad and explained my situation with my particular horse, and he built the pad especially for me. You know what I mean? And and I'm really grateful to have sponsors that are willing to listen to my needs. And, and hopefully, the, you know, if, if it, you know, it's kind of in a test deal right now, but hopefully it'll be a pad that, that everybody can, can, can use if it, you know, if it works out. So I think it's going to be a really good. Martin Lucero pad, right? Come well, on well, I hope so. I mean, I don't know if it is or not, but, I, but it's a pad that, that's good for older horse that's kind of, as weather is starting to get a little bit higher and a little sway back, you know, and it just helps the saddle fit a little better. And I'm excited about that. Uh, you know, also uh, a new roping shoot that I'm involved with with uh, Carter, you know, Farm and Ranch Equipment. Which is, right. You know, they, they've been really good to me the last couple of years. Uh, and and what's this roping shoot? It's, uh, it's just, it's just a, a, you know, it's it's similar to a prefer, but I think it's actually better. It's a little heavier, a little, you know, I think a higher quality you know, manufacturing, uh, you know, it's easy to operate. Uh, you can, you can have, you know, three, three different options, a manual shoot, uh, you know, a solar shoot and also an air shoot, just like three sets off. And, uh, okay. and, you know, and it's a little bit cheaper as well, but really, really adorable looking shoot that's dependable, you know, and then that's I have another great sponsor in Louisiana, the, the big ranch, uh, uh, Logan Fornot, uh cattle company, and, and he's got a big, you know, he's involved in it. He's got a big crawfish company. He's got, obviously, the cows, and he's got, you know, a crane company. They've been really helpful for me. Uh, Peak Performance Veterinary, you know, they have a horse that they, that I didn't know I was going to get to ride ever again, and they did surgery on him, and it looks like last year, and I was on the bubble trying to make the NFR, and I was able to take that horse the last week, and and I actually won the rodeo I needed to win. And without them, I know I wouldn't be able to ride that horse. So, like, and this is Spider-Man that you yeah, use? Or? Yeah, this was Spider-Man. 
one that's the member of the family, right? Yeah, which I've got, you know, and, and I don't ride him as much as I used to because I've got hurt, but when I need him, he's there, you know what I'm saying? And, and he's the one that I've rode the last five years quite a bit. You can't beat those good horses, though. So, no, and obviously, coat saddles. Uh, right. The best right. saddle, I, I believe, in the team roping world anyway. Uh, yeah, they make a nice saddle. They sure do. And, you know, and Wrangler's been with me my whole career, so... Wrangler, you know, they're they're a you know a great sponsor as well. You know, and Wrangler's been great to the sport of rodeo. So without without Wrangler, rodeo wouldn't be where it's at for sure. So tell us, Martin, how can people reach you the best if they have questions or just um, team roping questions? Or are you on Facebook or Instagram? Well, I, I'm on Facebook, but I'm more of a. I just kind of look at it. I don't really ever post nothing. I need to. I need to be better about the. I'm kind of old school, you know. I don't like to shine a lot of attention on myself, and uh, I know I need to. I think it's my sponsor would probably like it. And, uh, well, you've got some young ones that will probably be able to teach you in a couple of years. I know. My, well, my <laughs> my, my oldest computer, daughter so. is twelve, and she's she's teaching right now. You know. Yeah, she could. <laughs> and then I have a you know Gabby, she's twelve, and then I have a younger daughter, two and a half. Her name is Marvin, and then you know my wife, she got married to her for. Since '96, Jody. So without without right. them, I won't be able to accomplish any of this. I mean, because they probably you know have to put up with as much of those things. I'm gone as much as I am. It's hard on them. They they're really supportive, and they you know they I'm pretty they you know they want to see me do well as you know as well as I do. That's great. That's great that their family support us. So this is a question that I ask all my guests. So tell us the story of when you were a kid and you won that very first buckle what it meant to you oh shoot it's it's you know you always when i was a kid i was just like all the kids now and pretend i was leo camarillo or whoever uh roping the dummy you know and uh you know i started roping when i was really young so i was probably i don't know 11 or 12 and growing up in new mexico me and my dad used to go to jackpots every weekend and you know and i got where i was big enough and i could enter and stuff and I'm more, my headed forever. So I'm more, I guess my, my fondest memory is my first saddle. And uh, I was, I think I was 14 years old, either 13 or 14. And uh, I was headed forever. And back then, all them jackpots, they're pretty much open. So, and they close the books at the end of their open. So that particular day, most of my healers had missed. And I told my dad, I said, man, I want to try healing, dad. Uh, I got a couple guys that'll, that'll head for me. I'm going to borrow your horse. So he said, okay, you, you know, go ahead. So I entered a couple times and I entered one more time. Ended up winning first, second, and third healing. And, and I won the saddle. Wow, so, that, was a, that was a big change. Huh? Right. So, But I never really actually started healing until my senior year in high school that summer because I always went back to heading and then I'd enter at the end healing. And pretty soon I told my dad, this is, I said, I'm winning way more healing than I am heading. I think I need to start, start healing. And, you know, my dad healed, so he always wanted me to have. So right. That right. took a little convincing, but once I did that, it almost <laughs> took off. Man. I mean, I remember I spent hours, though, growing up in New Mexico. You know, we lived in the middle of nowhere, 35 miles from town. And I'd chase that goat in circles for hours on foot, and I'd rope the donkey for hours. So instead of, you know, my video games was a goat and a donkey. You know, I've... I think we'd be better off if everyone's video games were a goat and a donkey. You know, days, I, I so. just—I probably like growing up. That's all I wanted to do is grow. So, and, and I think you'll find that 
common, you know, denominator with all the top guys. I mean, just, you know, that's all we thought about. We just eat, you know, slept, and that's all we wake up, thinking about our open, went to bed, thinking about our open, and that's all we did. Really, that's about the only job I've ever had, so. Well, Martin, I sure appreciate your time today. You know, this the final question that I was going to ask you is just what is your definition of greatness? Oh, you know, a lot of people think it's gold buckles and everything else. For me, it's it's somebody that that you know that you can look at and said, "Hey, he he's great for the sport. Uh, he left a lasting impression uh, in a positive way. He went about his business, and people respected him. You know, and I don't think he necessarily had to win a championship. Obviously, if you win a championship, that's almost instant greatness. But I mean, I look at guys that that never won a world championship that that I have more respect for than people that have, but mainly the way they handle themselves around kids, around people. Uh, and, and, you know, not just in, in rodeo, in other sports as well. You know, they just, they gave back to their sport, you know, whether it's with schools or with advice or, you know, everything was always in a positive light, you know. Right, and you mentioned you've got a couple of schools coming up. When when are those coming? I've actually got a school in Puerto Rico in the middle of May, and then I've got one in... Uh, in Louisiana towards the end of May and then I've got one in North Dakota the week before that so which I'm told they're all pretty much full already so I'm grateful for that I guess people think that you know that that kind of makes my day whenever they I don't have to worry about filling them up they, they want to come learn from me so well you're definitely an inspiration it makes me feel good that people actually want to come you know see what I have to offer and, and I enjoy it you know it's kind of I kind of at first a little bit almost drain away because I'm afraid that I'm not be able to give what they need. But once we get going and get warmed up, it, it, it turns out that, you know, it, it's always fun. And, and the, the school that I've done in the past, I feel like everybody's been happy when they left. So, And that, that's all I want to do because I'm, I'm all about making sure people are getting what, you know, what, what they want from, out of me, what they, what they came for. So. Well, I sure want to wish you luck this year, well, and we'll be watching it. for you down the road. So, <clears throat> Okay, well, I appreciate it. As you can see, this interview was great. Martin Lucero is a very humble, humble guy, but he is an awesome rodeo athlete and ambassador for the sport, so I hope you enjoyed it. And please, if you like the show, go to iTunes and Stitcher Radio and leave a review and subscribe to us so you can hear us every week. May God bless you and your family, and I'm leaving you with Scott Grover from Oregon doing the closing ceremonies. The Buckle Dreams Podcast is brought to you by Champion's Choice Buckles. Now, being cowboys and being traditionalists, before we ever buck a horse, before we ever tie a calf, we pay tribute to the greatest country in the world. And we do that by flying the most beautiful flag that has ever flown over God's green earth, Old Glory. And tonight, as I know, as each and every one of you are going to stand, I want you to do me a special favor. I want you to take your hand and I want you to put it over your heart. Now, you feel that? That's your heartbeat. But that's not just your heartbeat. That's the heartbeat of hundreds of thousands of men and women that have fought and have died so that you can live in the greatest country in the world, the United States of America. You know, as we sit here on such a great weekend and we take a look around us and we look at our families that sit next to us, whether it's our sons or our daughters or girlfriends or our wives. We think about the great things that we're going to get to do and the privileges that we have as free Americans. 
You know, on Valentine's Day, we're going to get to sit down and have a date with our wife or our girlfriend. And on Christmas morning, we're going to get to sit around the tree with our family and open presents. On Sunday mornings, we get to worship in the church of our choice with our family. And our kids go to school in a free country where they can grow up to be whatever they want to be. But you know what? Those things don't just happen by accident. They happen because of the sacrifice of the men and the women of our national force that don't have the same privileges that we get to. They're going to miss out on Christmas. They're going to miss out on Valentine's Day. They're probably not going to get to walk their kids to the bus for the first day of school like we would. But you know what? They make a sacrifice for us so that we never again have to fight in the United States of America. And even though some people forget about the sacrifices that they make, we don't. We in the cowboy business don't forget about what it takes to be free Americans. And for that, we support our men and women that are overseas fighting for our freedom. So I'm going to ask you tonight, how many of you are proud to be Americans and how many of you are proud of the red, white, and blue? Now, one of the greatest freedoms that we share is our freedom of religion. Would you please join me in a word of prayer? Our gracious and heavenly Father, we want to thank you for this beautiful day that you have given us. We want to thank you for our cowboys, our cowgirls, our livestock, and especially our fans. We want to thank you for your sacrifice that you made to give us a chance to go to heaven. Father, we ask tonight that you watch over this arena and you watch over each and every one of us on our travels home as well. And Father, tonight we say a special prayer for our leaders in Washington and especially for our brave men and women that are overseas fighting for our freedom. And it's in your son's precious name that we pray. Amen. Amen.